Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Real Window, colon, rewatching random <laughs> movies from our childhood. I'm Pauline. I'm Lisa. And Kevin's on the episode this week. Yay! Hello, everyone. <laughs> uh, Lisa picked a movie this week, knowing full yep. well that Kevin was going to be our guest this week. She has picked That's a movie it. that the two of them absolutely loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa, <laughs> why don't you jump us off with the synopsis and then we'll get into some fun questions. Absolutely, Pauline. Uh, so I chose uh, 2000's Emperor's New Groove, the Disney animated cult favorite, uh, which stars David Spade and John Goodman and Eartha Kitt. And it follows uh, a very spoiled, immature emperor named Cusco, who ends up being betrayed by his royal advisor, Yzma, played by Eartha Kitt, and her henchmen. And instead of poisoning him, which was the intention, because Yzma's henchman is kind of not the brightest bulb, uh, he ends up accidentally using a different potion amongst Yzma's collection of potions and turns him into a llama. Uh, Kronk, her right-hand man, is supposed to dispose of Cusco, but he actually has a conscience, so instead Cusco just ends up getting lost as a llama and being taken in by John Goodman's character, Pacha, a villager who is just brought in by unfortunate circumstances because he happened to be at the palace that day to discuss the possibility of Cusco creating a Cusco-topia water park on basically his village. Uh, so now uh, Pacha and Cusco have to make their way back to the palace, even though neither trusts the other, and Cusco in particular makes things especially difficult with his inability to trust, care, or remotely want to do anything for someone other than himself. Uh, Their journey back to the palace, though, does show him grow and a friendship form between the two, while at the same time they're being chased by Yzma, now aware that Cusco is not dead and needs to be taken care of so her new power structure does not fall apart, and her henchman Kronk as they attempt to sort of head them off. And that's this movie. It is Ludytude's ridiculous slapstick, silly animation. It is very mm-hmm. different from typical Disney animated films, if you've never seen it. Just so you know, the vibe they were going for was Chuck Jones, who is the creator of Bugs Bunny. And uh, I think they were pretty successful with that kind of vibe for the most part. And it's very David Spade as Cusco. Mm-hmm. He's kind of at his most David Spade family friendly that he mm-hmm. can be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Solid synopsis. Okay, great, Lisa. Yeah. Kevin, you. do you want to add any details you feel like Lisa forgot? No, it's it's good. Lisa got solid. it. Lisa nailed it. Shocking. Okay. <laughs> so Kevin is our guest. So that means yes. that he gets to answer our questions first. And we go through the same rigmarole every single time. Because you know if it's one of those not Baroque don't fix it situations. <laughs> Thanks, uh, God, little joke. Little joke. Oh. Uh, oh. anyway. Uh, so <laughs> First off, um, we're going to touch on takeaways from childhood, Uh, Mm. things you misremembered, favorite scenes, maybe something that you didn't understand. I feel like this is a pretty age appropriate movie for everyone who saw it. But uh, Kevin, do you want to jump in with any uh, favorite scenes, takeaways, etc.? One of the ones that stands out to me for like ones I'd never quite understood as a child Yes. Uh, what? <laughs> um, was the was when Cusco and Pacha are back at the lab, uh, and Isma and Kronk catch them, and um, and uh, Isma just like uh, mm. I forget how the lead up for it was, but it's like, well, I bet you weren't expecting this, and like hoists her like dress up to like to like grab a knife but they like they go no no please and then she reveals the knife and they're like oh okay well that's fine like i i didn't quite grasp that one nearly as much as a kid and it was hilarious now as an adult yeah. <laughs> yes yeah it's really probably good. for the best you didn't get that innuendo as a small child yeah, yeah. That one, that... kevin. <laughs> five-year-old yes. kevin ah, yeah, makes yeah. perfect sense so um, and, so what else what else kev Oh man, I hope there's more. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there was like any other like ones that like I didn't like. I can't really think of anything like that was like as egregious as like that one. Like a lot of the other ones, I kind of like they were always sort of there. One of the ones that I did remember as a kid that I thought I might understand when I'm older, and I realize now there was nothing to understand with it was when. Uh, <laughs> when uh, <laughs> Kronk has the his shoulder angel and devil for the first time as like Cusco's about to go down the waterfall 
and uh and like the devil's going through like the reasons why like he <laughs> like shouldn't why he shouldn't save Cusco and it's like reason number one he's got that sissy harp thing and, like the sissy string thing he's like we've been through this it's a harp and it's like reason number two look what I can do and then like he just does that weird like sort of one-handed like handstand, handstand and like yeah. and it's just like and then like Kronk's just like what does that have to do with anything and the shoulder injury goes no no he's got a point like <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I was like, what's the point? I don't get it. Like, yeah. what does that have to do with anything? And so then as an adult, I'm like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, the point is, there is no point. There is no stupid. point. And Crocs. it's just stupid. And the, <laughs> and the angel's like, no, no, he's got a point. <laughs> it's just That's awesome. So, so good. Uh, so I actually that remember was... you asking us. I remember watching it with you and you tr- you wanting me to explain why it was funny. And I just, c- I couldn't. I was like, there's, yeah. Kevin, there's no explanation. Because <laughs> he doesn't have a point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Kevin, the point is there is no point. I'm sure that just confused you further. I'm sure you're just there like, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. At least yeah. it's not as smart as I thought she was. <laughs> yeah. There's that one. And then there was uh, the other one I have in mind was um, when... Um, Cusco and Pacha um, uh, went to the restaurant and um, <laughs> and uh, like the uh, we're on our honeymoon and the, the woman's response is bless you for coming out in public like <laughs> that, one, that one got me good I didn't get that one as a kid very much and then like a couple minutes later like Cusco walks to the back uh, to go talk to the chef and um and like you sort of see that it's clearly an animal as it's like walk as, like as he's walking to the back, but just in like a coat, and uh, and like one of the other patrons like looks over and sees him and sort of just looks, looks at him, and then when he goes into the back, he just turns around and gives like Pacha the <laughs> thumbs up, like he's like good on you for for that one. So it's uh, well, and, yeah. and just for anyone who doesn't know that scene, Cusco is disguised poorly, yes. but he's he's still a llama and he's disguised as a woman. Who is Pacha's wife? Wife. So it is absurd that anyone is buying the disguise for starters. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's more entertaining with how the reaction of the waitress is deadpan delivery of bless you bless both you for, coming for coming out in public. public. <laughs> it only works because Cusco can talk. So obviously yeah. it's like, well, this isn't really an animal, but I feel bad for this person this who woman. resembles a llama yeah. so much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a that was a good one too. That's a good um, scene. That restaurant scene was a very so enjoyable good. scene. It was so like funny. The, the, the whole, revolving door and the, <laughs> gets roped into being the chef because <laughs> now the chef is offended by everyone's requests and has quit. And so now Kronk is cooking everyone's meals. Like I was like, what am I watching right now? <laughs> so good. <laughs> to be honest, that's kind of your thought process the whole movie. The whole, yeah, what am I watching? And oh. you just have to turn your brain off and go, I'm accepting everything. <laughs> totally. totally. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. Oh, my Lisa, did you have other favorite scenes too? Oh, I have all the favorite scenes. Um, this <laughs> okay. movie is delightful. But I will say, as I remember us going to see this one, we actually saw this in BC when we were on like a family trip. We didn't see this in Calgary. We saw it in BC. And I remember we all just went and going, well, it's a Disney movie and we've got Kevin. It was you, me, and Kevin and mom and dad. And so it was like, Disney movie, let's go in. And I remember the first time I saw it, I didn't love it. I mm. watched it. And when it got to the end, I was like, what? What did I just watch? Yeah. And I remember I had laughed at some parts and some parts I was like, this is so stupid. But Kevin was like giggling through the movie. So I was like, okay, Kevin's enjoying it. And it wasn't until we owned it. We bought a copy, of course, because Kevin loved it so much. So we bought a copy for home. And I remember sitting down and watching it a second time with mm. Kevin. And I was like, actually, this is really funny. This is funnier than I remembered. And then every time I've rewatched this movie, I find it funnier. And I have watched this movie a lot. And oh, yet God. every time I am cackling harder when I watch I think it's just because now I know what humor it is. My brain's right. like, yep. this is fine. I think the first time I saw it, 
I was like, I was so caught off guard because it was a Disney film. So I was yeah. really not expecting the Looney Tunes esque, ridiculous talking to the camera over the top. It doesn't have to make sense. Animated film, buddy comedy. It was not what I was expecting at all. So I think my brain just wasn't in the right headspace the first time I watched it. And then since it basically became one of my favorite go-to comedies ever. Oh, that's cute. If I ever need a laugh, I'm like, time to watch Emperor's New Groove and just pop that sucker in. Um, so in terms of favorite scenes, I love the the dinner scene near the beginning. When, <laughs> when, dinner, Is, oh, when they're poisoning when him. Isma and Kronk. So Isma's <laughs> come up with the plan to poison Cusco because Cusco has fired her and she is really upset and what I love about Kronk as a character is he clearly doesn't grasp that Yzma's evil he's just you know he was hired for this job and this is where he's going to be and all right he's going to support her and what her endeavors are and then as the movie progresses he just keeps supporting everyone and it's very entertaining to watch um but so he's supporting her in her poisoning of Cusco but as I mentioned he is not the brightest bulb so when they're sitting there having dinner, it's awkward because Yzma's been fired by Cusco. Cusco doesn't care because he's super selfish and self-involved, so he's just happy to get dinner. And Kronk knows the poisoning is happening, but is not subtle about any hint he is giving to Yzma. Like when Yzma's like, get the emperor his drink, and that's clearly the signal to poison Cusco. Kronk is like, right. And then he stops, realizes what she really means, turns to her and goes, if Cusco was remotely interested in other people they never would have been able to poison him but it only works because he's so self-involved and Yzma what I love about her is she's just tolerating everything she needs Kronk so she tolerates the stupidity because who else he's stupid enough not to question her so the whole dynamic of the three of them at this dinner where Kronk is supposed to poison but he's so caught up in his cooking and worried about his spinach puffs burning and everything else and Cusco's insulting Yzma by talking about how you know no hard feelings about being like no you know like, everyone hits clearly you're stride. past your prime <laughs> You just it's like you're not course. exactly a spring chicken yeah, <laughs> or I mean, whatever. In the best spring possible chick. way. <laughs> she, oh, and then because Kronk so, yeah. isn't that bright, he screws up the poisoning because he puts all of the wine in the same goblets. They look identical and he sets the tray down and one of them has poison but gets distracted by the potential burning of his spinach puffs. Then he comes back to the table and can't remember which glass has the poison. So then he disappears again and basically just pours them all into a vase, shakes it up and like puts all of the drinks become poison as a result. And then what is hilarious is his <laughs> attempt to tell Yzma that it's poisoned. And anyone else would have tried something more subtle, but he's just basically like, don't drink the wine. <laughs> poison. <laughs> 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 and it's so stupid and then Isma, once he turns into a llama when Cusco's turning into a llama the two of them are like what is happening and Cusco doesn't notice because he's too busy insulting Isma. and so Isma's trying to subtly tell Cusco to knock to not uh, sorry Kronk to knock Cusco out and he's not picking up on subtlety so she's like grab two broccolis and she's trying to like subtly be like look I'm hitting a broccoli with her broccoli hit him on the head hit him on the head and Kronk's looking at her is like more, more broccoli. broccoli. <laughs> She's trying to do what he did. Hit him on the head. He's still looking at her. And finally she just punches her hand. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then knocks Cusco out. So there's something about that whole dynamic at that dinner scene where it's just the most delightful comedy of errors because of their personalities. Mm -hmm. And it's just how their dynamic is the whole movie. So that's such a great introduction to how they all interact, to how Yzma and Kronk operate as a team. And I say operate loosely. And yeah. I just... I and really a team is also a loose <laughs> turn loose. of phrase. It's mm -hmm. all yeah. loose. And so that scene is just hysterical. <sighs> One of the other scenes, which I know Kevin and I would always sort of laugh over, um, is the bridge scene. Yeah. So when Cusco and... 
and, yeah. and Pacha. So Cusco has um, basically Pacha's trying to convince Cusco not to destroy his village. And Cusco is lost in the jungle, but doesn't want to agree. So he's pretended to agree so that Pacha will take him back to the palace. And they end up crossing this really rickety, super long bridge between cliffs. And the wood gives out and Pacha gets stuck on vines below the bridge. And Cusco's all set to leave him. He's such a selfish jerk. He's like, I was going to have you in prison, but I like this better. And then he ends up dropping through the bridge. And Pacha's such a nice guy that at first he's like, are you okay? And and Cusco takes it personally. He's like, yes, yeah, I'm okay. And Pacha's like, great. And then punches him. And it's just this great reaction of the two of them having to fight under the bridge, but then realizing they're trapped and having to work together. And it's the most absurd things that go wrong. They're attached to vines and the vines give way. So then they're trapped in this very narrow opening of cliffs and they're like back to back. And that's all that's keeping them alive is that their backs are together and their feet are braced against the cliffside. And underneath them are a whole bunch of crocodiles. And then when they're climbing out, there's scorpions and then there's bats and the bats end up inside Cusco's mouth. Yeah, that's and hilarious. Hilarious. And, it just and his mouth more like, and more. why it's so yeah, funny it is because it gets, his cheeks get so big and you see like the pointy wings of the bats <laughs> in his cheeks. And oh that was God. one of the only scenes that I remember is I was like, oh yeah, he gets the bats in his mouth. <laughs> because the animation for those bats is so absolutely brilliant. I was and like, it's so funny. It's so funny. It gets worse and worse gets, and worse. And you're and like, worse. how is this going to get worse? Because they're like attached to each other and they're climbing up and the um, narrowness has widened. So they're like, pushed their like necks are against each other it's no longer their backs it's their necks and they're straining and Cusco because he has a long llama neck has to push Pacha's character up and then Pacha's trying to grab a rope but it's attached to a branch and when he shakes the branch that drops the scorpions which then land on Cusco and then gets flipped around and his mouth ends up in a part of a crevice while he's being held in one arm by Pacha but then Pacha gets like scorpions on himself he bangs against the wall to get rid of them and that wakes up the bats which then fly into Cusco's mouth because he's blocking the entrance and then the bats help lift them up onto the cliffside and as you say the animation is superb because it's so over the top, but perfect at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just remember Kevin would be giggling when the bats happened. Kevin <laughs> so funny. would just be this it little five. So just picture a little six-year-old Kevin, like holding his stomach, laughing so hard, he's having a hard time breathing. And that would be that part. And so that part was always memorable because I just hear Kevin giggling when I watch it. So that oh, that's cute. cute. It is. There's a lot of Kevin's laughter in the back of my head from when he was little. Um, and then Adorable. we just kept watching it even when we got older and older. So it's great. Yep. It's just back and forth. Um, the other big one would be the finale. The finale is the most memorable. And it had the most, I would say, the most consistent laughs from me is the yep. ending of the movie. Because again... What this movie is good at is building up and building up and building up and getting more and more absurd as the movie continues. So they make it back. So Yzma has a secret lab, which everyone knows about. Anytime it's brought up, Cusco's <laughs> like, like, I just have to go to Yzma's secret lab. <laughs> I could get changed back to a lab. I'd get changed back to a person. And so when they get to the finale, this is Cusco and Pacha. They're now friends. They're racing back. Yzma and Kronk know where they are and they're racing too because they have to stop them and try and kill them before they get back to the palace and reveal that Yzma tried to kill the emperor and they get in trouble. And they're trying to get to the lab so that Cusco can be turned back into an emperor and everyone will believe him. So they get to the lab and it's just one thing after another. There's an alligator trap that no one remembers is there and wonders why it even exists. And then there's a roller coaster to get down to the lab. And then they get to the lab and every vial looks identical. So then they end up, because the vials end up getting muddled on the ground, they just scoop a whole bunch up and are on the run and they're perpetually drinking different vials in the hopes that it's the human one. So it's hysterical to watch Cusco transform from a llama to a turtle, to a tiny bird, to a giant whale, to like a llama again. And it's just like, they keep going and Yzma keeps chasing them. And then they end up on the outside of a tall building through a statue's nose. Like you're like, what is, as it can They're coming out as snot. It's hilarious. Snot on a ribbon. And again, Yzma ends up, she's trying to get the vial and she ends up turning into a fluffy cat. 
And it is hysterical because her <laughs> voice becomes like Kevin. this. She's got that. It's already lost. And that was the other one that Kevin would die. Oh as soon as Kat Yzma talk. Is that my voice? Is that my voice? Hello. Kevin would just lose it. And there's this part where they're fighting over the vial. And little Kat Yzma, she wants it now so that she can turn back into a human. She falls down and she's screaming. It's just a cat screaming. And then it gets more absurd because the gag is you're expecting <laughs> her to die. And there's this guy who's <laughs> just pans to the front door of the palace. And the line is this one guy, for the last time, we did not order a giant trampoline. You know, pal, you could have told me that before I set it up. <laughs> and then behind them, you just see this fluffy cat go, ah! And then hit the trampoline and it stays there because of the sheer force of her hitting the trampoline. And then she gets shot back up. So then she's screaming again, but going back up. And as she's going up, she catches the vial and her scream turns into a maniacal, high-pitched cat laugh. And Kevin... And I would be so gone. Me. It still makes me laugh like a little kid. That... <laughs> and then she uh, smacks into something. Just, and it's just. And she just shoots by them. Katya <laughs> <laughs> just pans back to them and just, she just goes right by them, just cackling, holding the vial. And, and oh, God. smacks her head on a piece of the statue. And it's like, so, Kevin, oh. one of your favorite types of humor is surprise slapstick. <laughs> when you are not expecting a character to end up getting like punched in the face or smacked in the head or yeah. falling or anything. And this movie has so many moments of that. And so that moment in particular, when the cat's screaming, then laughing, then smacks herself into a statue, Kevin would be gone every time. <laughs> every time. He still is. You listen to him. He's still, the idea is it's making so him funny. laugh. It's it me every time. <laughs> and it's, such a fantastic buildup for such a ridiculous film. So that finale was always like a favorite for sure. Like that one yeah. was just quoted every line in that scene. We quoted, we quoted back and forth. It just, that was an absolute favorite for sure. And it just, I appreciate just how well done. Cause I think slapstick is hard to do, yep. especially in animation. Like it's very easy to do it wrong and have it fall flat and miss that sort of humor notes. It's actually really hard to get the humor hitting one after the other, like this film does. At least for me. I find it just yep. tickles my funny bone the whole time. Uh what about Kevin? Any other ones? Uh I think you covered like most of them. We can we'll, we'll be here all day, honestly, if we keep this going. So yeah, like, we can, it'll uh, just be you two talking about the whole movie. It'll be like, all right, let me tell you about another part. The only other part is when they have to, I really like Pacha's family. So I always liked when Pacha's family was there because mm -hmm. he's got this wife who's voiced by um, Wendy. Oh, what's her last name? We actually saw her. In she American was in an American president. president. Yeah. Yeah. She was the one who was the boss of Annette Benning, uh, One of the bosses who was a complete jerk to her. She was also on um, the show with David Spade. Uh, just what is shoot that? me just shoot me and she, her it's Nina which is what I always think of her and Kevin and I know her from Fillmore a very yep. obscure Disney animated show which it's was one of our favorites I think you think it is with my generation at least with your generation Pauline doesn't know what it is yeah, I don't know it and is. I can yeah. honestly tell you that no one listening to this podcast probably knows what it is <laughs> no. and it's basically it's a, a short-lived Disney animated TV show for kids that made fun of cop shows in the best way. And she voiced the principal who basically would have been the equivalent of like a mayor or a right. <laughs> or something in the like a typical. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she always was like upset with how they handled things. And like if they didn't do it right, you know, that'd be there, like they'd be fired. Her department would be down. They're going back to grade school, stuff like that. Um, uh, that the Glee Club would take over their space. Anyway, so when I hear her voice, I get very happy. And so she's the wife of Pacha, and they've got two little kids, and they end up distracting Yzma and Kronk. And it works so well because Kronk is happily distracted because he's having so much fun playing with the kids. And Yzma is just beside herself with frustration that he keeps getting distracted with the kids and all she wants to do is search the house. And he's like jumping rope with them and playing double Dutch and <laughs> doing that instead of what he should be doing. And that scene too, for the comedic effect 
is awesome. Oh yeah, that was one that I actually was like, I remember things in this scene. And <laughs> it you? was the only thing I remember was this. Mm. She lies to Pacha's family, Isma lies to Pacha's family about um, how they're related. She says that they're relatives so that she can get taken <laughs> up to the house. And she's like, some some like uh, the most distant relative great aunt of so-and-so stepdaughter (laughs) kid thing and you're like oh okay so it's so made up but it's funny because then the little boy is like i don't think you're my great great aunt you look more (laughs) like my great 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 and then it like pans away to another scene and then it comes back to him and he's following her around the house great 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 and then it's like again (laughs) and she's losing it and she's like are you done yet or whatever and he's just like Great, great aunt. <laughs> and so I, good. As it was as that was coming, I was like, "Oh, this is when the kid says a bunch of greats." And I don't, I don't remember anything else about it, but clearly that part that was, I thought that was part, hilarious. That part is really funny. It is really funny. The other scene, just of note, because our mom really, my, our mom actually laughs quite a bit, and she quotes this movie, which I think is just—I don't know if she genuinely Residual likes it. The bus, Lisa. <laughs> I, I don't know if she genuinely likes it or just likes it because she knows Kevin and I would laugh every time, and it makes her think of us. So she has a soft place in her heart for this ridiculous movie that she normally wouldn't enjoy if it wasn't mm. for how much Kevin and I liked it and quote it to each other. But one scene that would always make her laugh is the scene, so there's a squirrel. We have not brought up the squirrel yet. Mm. But there is a squirrel who, when Cusco tries to go out on his own to make his way back to the palace, because he's supposed to have an innate sense of direction as being an emperor, and he does not. And he runs into this squirrel, and the squirrel wants to help him be his friend, and he gets mad at him, hits him with an acorn, and tells him to leave. And then the squirrel basically causes havoc for his attempt to escape some jaguars. And then later... Kronk and Yzma are traveling through the jungle and Yzma is miserable and really not meant for jungle travel. And the squirrel tries to befriend her and she yells at him. And of course, then Kronk sees the squirrel and Kronk is versed in all woodland creature languages. Because <laughs> of course he is. Because he was a junior wood scout. Junior, yeah, wood scout. Yeah. And so the squirrel starts explaining how upset he is and how hard his life is. And Isma's just like, why me? Like, what is happening with my life that he is talking to a squirrel? But then the squirrel makes a mention of the talking llama. So she wants to hear more. And so then she's trying to get him to talk. And, and the squirrel doesn't want to talk to her. So then Kronk, she's like, well, fine. You ask the squirrel. And Kronk's just like, I hate being in the middle. <laughs> he's trying to go back and forth. And our mom loved that scene Isma's frustration Isma trying to talk to a squirrel Kronk having to be the middle guy the squirrel wanting her to like take 10 stand 10 feet away so she's out of his like personal space the whole absurdity of it there's something about that scene that tickles our mom's funny bone because that was the one scene guaranteed that she would always laugh at <laughs> and it's always when poor Kronk's just goes I hate being in the middle <laughs> <laughs> oh good <laughs> Uh, so there you go. Yeah, I don't know what else to say aside from the multiple times of watching this. Pauline, was there anything else to add for what suddenly popped up? Because you didn't like this movie when it first came out. Well, I think I'm. I think I was like you. My reaction to you, like I didn't get past that first viewing. Like, mm. like you were like, this isn't what I expected, and I think it's funnier the more I watched it. And so I just did. I watched it once, and I was like, this isn't the movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was that was kind of it. So I never would watch it when you guys would rewatch it because I was like, I didn't enjoy that movie. So watching it now, I was like, oh, this is much funnier because I because I also know what the humor is in this movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but like 14 year old Pauline was not in the mood for this movie whenever we went to go watch it. So that was that was the only thing. If I had known what to expect, if it was like, OK, Pauline, you're going to go watch a Bugs Bunny movie. I'd be like, great. And if that sold out, <laughs> I was like, oh, OK, I guess I'll go to Emperor's New Groove. I would be in the perfect mood <laughs> for that movie because I was That's prepared well for Bugs said. Bunny exactly the only other thing i remember the beginning so it opens with him as a llama crying (laughs) by himself in the rainy jungle and david spade's voiceover is like look at how pathetic this is that's me and i'm a llama let me explain to you my story and how i'm the victim and he so is not the victim that he makes himself out to be it's so good like not at all he does not understand how he deserved so much worse at so many points but anyway i just remember it opening with a rainy 
wet llama crying so, llama. by himself and it's so pitiful it's such a pitiful little scene the other moment that I have to say that made me laugh watching this I didn't remember this mm. but it's when he realizes he's a llama when he wakes up with Pacha on top of this this mountain or whatever and he's being told he's a llama and you know it's not like they've got mirrors everywhere or whatever yeah but he he grabs his own face and he's like my beautiful face it's a llama face, a llama face. and he's like losing he's like llama face and he's having a little having a, like a full body tantrum yeah yeah it was <laughs> So that I thought was quite (laughs) funny. I was like, he's losing his shit over his llama face. And just how his hooves were holding his head. And it was just a very enjoyable moment. So that that epiphany was quite uh, funny. That reveal was good. The comedic animation style works quite well with this film. It does. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else that anyone needs to add before we move on to the next segment? I'd say not needs. So we should go. Yeah, we should go. (laughs) We'll get to the quote segment. I Uh, did use that word strategically on purpose. (laughs) Do we need to say more? Okay. So then we move on to what we uh, like to look at in every movie, the Bechtel test. Um, So the Bechtel test, Kevin, do you remember the Bechtel test? Do you want to tell the people Um, what it is or do you want us to tell the people what it is? It's, yeah, it's a test for, I don't know how you preface it usually, but like to, to test for the Bechdel test, it's two female characters talk to each other in the movie and it's not about a love interest? Uh, Ooh, that's very, that's very, very close. close. Yeah, so it can't, it can't be, be about a man, man or men and okay. they have to be named female characters. So it can't be like, right. you know, female characters. Yeah, it can't be like just mom or just nurse or whatever. They actually have to have like names. Yeah, yeah. So Fair. does this movie pass? Technically, I don't think it does because when Yzma and um, oh, I can't remember, thank you, um, are chatting, it's exclusively about when Pacha's going to be back so she can ambush Pacha. So I don't think it actually passes the test. Well, no, but there's a question. But there's a there's on, also I... a point where they're talking about dreams and about she's her daughter is also named so her name is Chaka. So I did not know Chaka, that. Which I'm like, I think you should have tried harder on those names. But okay, um, but we'll they're talking it. about like when she's like growth spurt and her and mm. her daughter are talking about like so there's that conversation and then there's yeah. like dreams. Even though the dreams are about their dad, they are talking about dreams. And then when they are talking to she does talk to her kids but you're right like her daughter she tells her to you know she's talking to Yzma about the door where she's like why don't you just jiggle the handle there is no handle she's like are you sure like that whole conversation too so yeah so I think it does I think it does I just yeah yeah, I agree because the other thing too the test and Lisa and I kind of talk about this too it is a little imperfect because you can be very nuanced in like well they said two sentences to each other and that counts (laughs) whereas like this one has totally female characters talking to each other pretty heavy conversation going on yeah and it it's not solely focused on pacha there are mm-hmm. other circumstances there are yeah. a lot of other play. elements yeah, yeah yeah it's not that's like they're fair. talking about isn't pacha the greatest husband ever yeah yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you that's must kind love of... your husband yeah. so much <laughs> so i feel like this one it does it passes i'm not saying with flying colors yeah but it does pass you know, it's a it's a, it's a scooting test. scooting over the line <laughs> of this one it's it's when it's when Cusco first tries to walk as a llama. It's that kind of awkwardness, yeah. that little like, wobbly, On wobbly, his shaky hind thing. Legs. <laughs> yeah. Using to put his front legs down. <laughs> yes. Okay, so it does really pass good. barely. Thank you, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we'll broach the question of: Is there anything in this movie that's offensive? And we always like to preface as well. We say offensive. That's a strong word. Some movies make it to the offensive line due to either content or due to the time in which the movie was made. Something was more accessible or um, acceptable, I should say. Yeah. In the eighties yeah. than it is now. And so this movie, set in the year two, uh, sorry, made in the year two thousand, but set in like a random ancient land uh, in South America. I guess it's not an ancient land. Yeah, it's Inca. Anyway, (laughs) an imaginary culture of this (laughs) emperor ruling the land. Um, Is there anything that content-wise in this movie doesn't hold up, is a little offensive, isn't great? What are are our takes here? Anyone have anything? Kevin? 
there's only one line that like sticks out to me, but I think it serves the purpose it does very well in in the movie to show just how much of a jerk uh, Cusco is. Mm-hmm. And it's um it's when like you must like choose your bride, Cusco, and like yes. he's like going through the the segment. He's like, no, no, hate your hair. Uh, like, no, not in a million years. And he's just like, oh, let me guess, you have a great personality. It's like, oh my <laughs> god, this guy's jerk yeah <laughs> and like you're gonna punch him dude. in the back and like another girl grabs that woman like it was like like stops her from doing it and like the whole sequence is hilarious but i'm not too sure how well that one holds up yeah um, that one i had written down as well i mean it's never great to see someone choose a bride from like nine identical women who are just like come over here and pick one yeah they are but objects this is your wife um so that one i wrote down too i mean as you say it serves the character in the sense of just in case you didn't know how much of an asshole he is watch how he treats this array of women yeah Yeah. he's supposed to you know become engaged to one and he basically chooses none of them in the worst possible way and yeah let me guess you have a great personality when she goes to hit him i'm like i kind of want her to uh but but you know she'd be like punished severely yeah she'd be thrown out a window for sure Oh my yeah. god. Um yeah, I had that one down. Um there's also a little bit of fat shaming of Pacha that uh um mm. Cusco does. Oh, he refers to him one tiny. time as, as tiny and then when he's like got him when they're stuck and I get it, but when they're like climbing up the wall and he's like it's a good thing you're not a big fat guy or this would be really difficult. So <laughs> <laughs> like, it's such an asshole. It's line. such an asshole thing to say no. and it is funny. Like I do laugh. But he does, he does it a couple times, not the whole time. And as we say, he becomes close friends with Pacha by the end. This is all when he's still kind of a jerk to Pacha before yeah. he starts to value him as a person. And again, serves to underline just how terrible he is yeah. as a character um, before he sort of grows. But still, like, that's, that's it. Yeah, it's, it's still a shitty yeah. thing to say. It's 100%. Possibly. 100%. He's, he's bracing Pacha's weight. So he is actually dealing with a large human. And that it would, would be, be very difficult. It would be easier yeah. if he was a little slimmer. For sure. For sure. So it's um, The other thing, but... you did say the line sissy uh, when he refers to it. Look at that little guy. He's got his sissy harp thing. And obviously it's a devil talking about an angel. So he's going to say oh. terrible things. But the phrase sissy is a bit homophobic. Um, so just to know that that's in there um and the fact that he calls it he's wearing a dress when he's wearing like a robe and a toga like that kind of stuff and then there's the cpr scene um they have yeah. fallen off oh of a high yeah cliff, yeah and uh so they've fallen off a waterfall and it's a very funny scene it's again the finale to a build-up of all kinds of slapstick and they're washed ashore and cusco's unconscious so pacha I mean, I get his hesitancy because he's about to do it to a llama and that would just be weird and awful. But (laughs) he's going to give CPR. But Cusco's response is to freak out because he was kissed in his mind by Pacha. And so he's like mouthwash, like he's like gargling water to cleanse his palate multiple times from this kiss of life, as he calls it, to Pacha. And so his behavior is terrible because it's very homophobic it's very homophobic he should have just been like thank you for attempting to say like obviously he wouldn't he's a terrible person but the fact that he has such a homophobic response to someone who was doing it simply to make sure this person was alive is pretty terrible um and i don't think that would be in the movie now if they made it again but in 2000 yeah makes the cut for the course it makes the cut but yeah so that's in there i mean none of these are like egregious sins no but they are present in the film and to be aware of especially since it's a children's film if you're watching with your kids it might be good to sort of make a mention of these aspects not aging well uh anything i missed pauline i don't have anything else those Mm -hmm. were the the cpr scene was the and the women in line were my two Yeah. yeah gotcha all right okay so now next up Kevin, <clears throat> this mm. is a multi-part question. As you right. know, many, <laughs> down, many, many yeah. parts to this one. So Kevin, <laughs> watching this as an adult now, um, would you, did it hold up to your expectations from childhood? Uh, would you recommend this movie to others? If you would recommend it to others, who would you recommend it to? Uh, and then uh, what would you rate this movie out of 10? And will you rewatch this movie again in the future? 
All right, this is already a loaded question because I think we already know a lot of the answers to it. But uh, <laughs> yes, I do think this movie holds up. Uh, I absolutely adore this movie. Um, I'd recommend it to anyone, like honestly, just anyone who wants like a really dumb humor laugh. Um, like I don't think this one really has too much of an age restriction on it. Um, in anywhere, yeah, geared towards kids, any family be fine with it. Um, the uh, the I'm definitely I'd I'd rewatch it again. I know I will at some point in my life. I'll watch <laughs> it again. I'm not. Yeah, no, no question asked. I'd probably rate it. Like I don't know. It's a it's a solid like seven for me. It's just got such a That's soft it? spot in my heart. Like okay, like sorry. It's not like a perfect movie. Like it's like. <laughs> It's it's a dumb comedy movie. I love it. It's got a coherent story. The characters okay. are all likable. It's like a solid seven and a half, I think. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, if you're... Okay, so I feel like that's a very reserved response from you because you know how nostalgia-heavy you yeah, are. Yeah, that's a bigger thing. You, so I'm like, I feel like that's very modest. I think mm-hmm. your actual feeling is that this is a nine. You just know <laughs> that you're like, this movie is a seven, seven and a half for others. Would you yeah. say that's fair? That's fair. Yeah, that's okay. fair. For myself, yeah, it's the nostalgia definitely bumps it up a couple notches. But it's <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> given that other people like, would you recommend it? It's like, well, I wouldn't call it a nine because it's not a perfect movie by any means. And no one I think should go in expecting that. <laughs> that's true. But I mean, I, I, it's good. It's good. A, a wide range there, Kevin. Thank you. Uh, Lisa, Lisa, what would you say? I think we already know, considering how heavily I praised it when I was describing favorite scenes and the fact that I did mention this is one of my favorite comedy films. I freaking love this movie. Um, so yes, rewatching it. It actually has been hard not to watch it since we started this podcast because I, was, you know, I was like, there'd be a couple of moments and I'm like, I could really go for some Emperor's New Groove right now. Damn it. Like, since we have Kevin as a guest, I can't pick it. Yeah. Lisa's not picking it for you and me. (laughs) Yeah, it wouldn't be like a just a Pauline and Lisa episode. Lisa's picking Emperor's New Groove. It's only with Kevin as a guest, but it meant that I couldn't watch it until Kevin was back on the podcast. And unfortunately, Um, Kevin's not on the podcast very often. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, Kevin. Anyways. Yeah, Kevin. Thank you for being here. Um, but yes, obviously, I would rewatch it. I will rewatch it. Uh, it is a favorite of mine. It is absurd in the best way. It is comedy in cartoons done really well. Again, for that slapstick Looney Tunes over the top nature, it is quite effective. And I think there's a reason this became quite a favorite on home video. It, it is that kind of when you know what to expect and you rewatch it and you just want to put on something that's harmless and fun and diverting and you don't have to think too hard and you're just going to have a lot of laughs while watching it. There, This movie does it all. And as Kevin said, this is for quite a wide audience. I have people my age. I know people younger. I know quite a wide range of people who when I tell them, I'm like, oh, Emperor's New Groove, they're like, that's a really funny one. <laughs> Mm. isn't it um and so (laughs) usually they're like kronk's hilarious and i'm like kronk is hilarious kronk Uh, is hilarious it's uh, one that seems to be quite easy for a wide range of people to watch and enjoy so i would say same thing i mean being aware of some of the flaws and knowing those flaws are there going in if you haven't seen this movie before if your kid hasn't and you're not sure as always you can watch it before them and just make sure it's sort of as their cup of tea and you're happy with your kids watching this type of film but if you know your kid likes ridiculous, silly humor, this is a great one to watch for that reason. Uh, and if you've never seen it or if you have seen it and it's been quite a while, rewatch it. It is exactly what you remember it being. It, it's the same. It's the same movie. Um, in terms of what I would rate it out of 10, nostalgia-wise, it is also a 9. Without the nostalgia, it's a 7. <laughs> I'm aware of it. We're all aware of it. It is a wonderfully imperfect film. And it makes me very, very happy. And Patrick Warburton, because of this movie, and he's the voice of Kronk, I'm really excited when I hear his voice anytime I'm watching something animated. Because he's in a lot of animated stuff. And I hear his voice and I'm like, ah, nothing else. I'm going to love this character. (laughs) And then when I (laughs) saw him in person, I remember the first time I saw him in person, he was in the movie Get Smart. And I was like, oh my god. That's the voice of Kronk. And he kind of looks like Kronk. Yeah, he like he's does. huge. He's a big, broad, like square jawed guy. And I was just like, huh, <laughs> your voice matches you perfectly. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, so good. That's awesome. 
so anyway, so I just, I get really happy. Eartha Kitt as Yzma is favorite ridiculous villains. Like, she's just loving everything she's doing. And I think all of the performances and all the characters and all of the overtopness, they're very endearing. It's very fun to watch them all together and to watch their dynamics and their exasperation as everything unfolds. So, yeah, I'm, I was, I'm so happy we Pauline? What yeah. was it like for you? <laughs> yeah, it was like watching almost like a whole new movie for me. Um, <laughs> I knew what to expect in terms of the, the humor. I feel like I liked it better than I thought I would because I knew what was coming. It's kind of that I would say that I would recommend this movie if you were someone who watched this movie not really expecting this humor and you felt kind of disappointed by the movie. I would actually say give this movie another chance when you're in the mood for a Looney Tunes type of humor because it actually is funnier than you think it is if this isn't what you were expecting to watch. Mm. So that would be my like adult takeaway in terms of recommending it. Um, I enjoyed it. I laughed. I thought it was quite, quite funny. It's very quick. It's quite fast paced at no point. Did it ever feel slow? So that's always pleasant. Um, uh, Will I watch it again? Probably. I mean, I don't, I don't know when, (laughs) but like, I can't imagine I would be like, no, I'm never watching it again. I'm sure at some point in my life I'll watch this again. Um, when Lisa and I are like two little old ladies living together, that'll <laughs> we'll just watch Disney movies all the time. We just watch Disney movies all the time and play board games. Yeah. This is our retirement plan. <laughs> Sounds magical. Sounds wonderful. It is Sounds magical. So it's going to be the best. I'm actually working towards this retirement. I'm like, it's a good goal. It's going to be a great goal yeah. when we reach this point. It's true. It really will be amazing. <laughs> so I know I'll definitely watch this movie at least one more time before I die. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, um, uh, what else? What else? Out of 10. Oh. What you got? Out of 10. Actually, I'm surprised at how low you guys are giving this. I am not nostalgia heavy. And knowing what you know about what you're getting into, I would actually give this movie an eight. Yes. Like um, I, so I, I, think I, I think I always lower it because I expect people not to like it and think of it as just dumb. So I'm always yeah. like, oh, it's a seven. Well, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's dumb. But it's like if you know... That you're so going to watch a dumb, funny movie. It's like you said, Lisa. It actually does slapstick very well. Like it's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. It's not a comedy where it's like over the top and and badly done. It's like everything makes sense in the world that they've created. So I <laughs> yes. actually think it's a really well done comedy. Mm-hmm. So I would. So I think it's actually yes. closer to an eight. I would yes. say. I think you so both heavy. are being too harsh on it. <laughs> I'll stick with my seven point five. We're I'll, I'll hedging our bets. Yeah. We're hedging That's our right. Bets. I get it. I get. It. You don't want to because you don't want to recommend it to someone and then be then they're like that was terrible and you're like oh shit sorry so I do understand. Oh uh, yeah, it's a yeah. Film. yeah, yeah. So anyway, so thoroughly enjoyed it. I, it was a very pleasant watch. I have to say. Sweet. So okay, movie quotes. So I'm gonna start because I think you two have way more than I do, and oh, I have really. to get I have to get mine in because I don't have as many. Go so. For it. I'm going to start one and then we'll go around. And then when I'm done, it'll just go back and forth for the two of you. Okay. (laughs) So one of them is between Isma and Kronk after she's just been fired. She's pissed. And they have a hundred statues of his head um, (laughs) that she's getting Kronk to put on a, a pillar that she's then hitting with a hammer over and over again while she vents about how she can't believe this happened and what she says is how could he do this to me i practically raised him and then crunk chimes in yeah you think he would have turned out better (laughs) (laughs) and she's like yeah go figure (laughs) so funny Oh god. Uh, okay. That whole Kevin. scene is great. It's a great of the heads. You're like, what is that? Why yeah. would you just have a bunch and then of And she's like, a little to the left. And like I said, adjust it over for yeah. Oh god. It's I, funny. I love that segment. Uh one of my favorites that like caught me more off guard this time when I rewatched it mm-hmm. um was uh it was just after Isma and Kronk were at the uh at Potch's house. Okay. And like they've sort of managed to get uh like the the families like managed to like you know trick them and get the like turned Yzma into the pinata and what have you uh, through an elaborate array <laughs> of like slapstick stuff. Sentence, it's so funny. I know. They turned her into a pinata. <laughs> it's, 
All right. Yes. This is why but, anyone uh, listening who doesn't know what we're talking about, you need to watch this. Like, what? Just yeah, like, for the what? curiosity. Yeah, it's too explain at this point. You just got to watch it. Um, okay. But the line is like, at, like, cause so Yzma's out of the house and then Kronk's leaving. He's like, He's like, oh, that was so much fun. Let's not wait till the next family reunion. Like, thinking they're actually related. I know. <laughs> like, when, so they, when it's been like, and like, like, um, what's uh, Pacha's wife's name, Lisa? Uh, Chicha. She's just like, uh huh. Like, she's, she's like, just like, clearly this man's an idiot, but like, she's like, yeah, we won't wait for the next family reunion, big guy. Like, just like, <laughs> sure thing, yeah. Let's, let's not wait till the next family reunion. Like, well, says it with such joy he genuinely means it he's like this guy had a great time yeah it was so funny oh god that line killed me this time it was so good one of my absolute favorites um is when so Cusco's first meeting with pacha and pacha has shown up at the palace no idea he's there and Cusco takes him to this little model of his village and pacha's trying to catch up with what the hell's happening because Cusco's just talking so fast and making and he feels he's there for something probably important if he's been brought in by the emperor and Cusco's like I just want to know like where's the place you get the most sun and he basically tells him he's like great and he's like that's it he's like yeah and he's like I just wanted to know before I cleared this spot for my pool <laughs> and then he's like isn't it great after showing him the model of the pool and this is one of my favorite lines of all time is to go isn't it great it's my birthday gift to me I'm so Happy. <laughs> and he gives it a hug. <laughs> oh yeah, god. Amazing. Pauline, what's your next um, one? Um so the next one is she's like it's Isma again. Of Isma. course. She's got so many good lines. And she's uh you talk you say this line all the time. So when this segment was happening, I knew exactly where this was going. And not because I remembered it, but because you, Lisa, always say this line. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna turn him into a fleet. I'm going to put that flea in a box. I'll put that box in a bigger box. Then I will mail that box to myself. And when it arrives, I'll smash it with a hammer. And then there's like a pause. And she's like, or to save on postage, we'll kill him. And <laughs> you, say that, you say that whole segment. I, I love that segment so much. <laughs> or to save on postage, we'll just poison him with this. Take yeah. it, Kronk. Feel the power. Oh, I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's so good. good. Oh, oh god. Oh my god. god. <laughs> dinner time. Like and then the thunder cracks. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, the, the whole I love how the flaw in that plan is to save on postage. Yeah. <laughs> like, Brilliant. God, it's funny. Uh, what right. what's uh, Kevin? Kevin. Oh, that was the, that was gonna be my next one. Uh so uh, one of my absolute favorites in it is the um uh another one it's another cronk liner go figure um it's when uh they're at the diner and um and pacha realizes that Yzma and cronk are there and like they have to get out of there and so he like signals the waitress and he like whispers something in her ear and she's just like oh yeah no problem hun. we do that all the time and then like it pans to Yzma like looking over and like sort of realizing that like the person across the way may not be a woman but may actually be an animal inside of like a human clothing and all of a sudden like this birthday birthday mariachi band just shows up and they start singing happy birthday to her and then cronk comes back from the kitchen where he's now working and he just goes Oh, it's your birthday! Like, yes, he's genuinely surprised that he didn't realize it was her birthday. <laughs> it was so good. He's just there when for she's it. She's mad at him. He's like, you can't even be nice to me, even on your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That it's so funny. Is so good. It's so good. <laughs> Um, one of my absolute favorite sequences and phrasing is, um, as at the very end, Yzma has grabbed that knife that Kevin alluded to earlier, where she's like, we weren't expecting this. And then she lifts up her dress and she pulls the dagger and she tosses it to Kronk and she just goes, finish them off. And Kronk stops. And he's caught up in a moral dilemma because he doesn't know if he should kill them. And so his shoulder angel and shoulder devil pop up. But one of them's late, so then he starts explaining the whole situation. And everyone him talk to himself because they can't see, obviously, who he's talking to. And Yzma has enough and just goes, Kronk, why did I think you could do this? This one simple thing. It's like I'm talking to him. And then his like, shoulder angel's like, whoa there. And he's like a big, stupid monkey named Kronk. Ouch. And you know what? I never liked your spinach puffs. Never. <laughs> and Kronk 
looks like he's gonna cry. And he does start the crying. Devil, and the angel goes to comfort him, and the devil goes, "That's it. She's going down." <laughs> so and that stupid. Whole sequence makes me laugh. I just love the. Why did I think you could do this? This one simple thing, and it made me really happy. Uh, Pauline, do you have another one? Yeah, so the last one that I have um, is uh, it is a gag that comes back twice, and you've already mentioned it briefly, Lisa. So uh, <laughs> they're going into the secret lab for the first time, and she's like, Crunk, pull the lever, and then he pulls the lever, and she drops through the floor, and you hear a splash, and she's like, the other lever, and then <laughs> comes back up with an alligator attached to her ankle, and she says, why do we even have that lever? And then they pull the other one and keep going on the roller coaster. And then later, when Cusco and Pacha show up, he's like, Pacha pulls the lever. And then all you don't see it happen. All you see is the door open. Cusco shows up with an alligator attached to his ankle the exact same way it happened to Yzma. And he's like, why does she even have that lever? <laughs> oh, good. The repeating gags are quite fun. I love that one. That oh, was gosh. That, one's that was my favorite okay, one. Why does she even have that lever? Yeah. It's <laughs> so funny. What's, what's your next one? Um, my next one was, um, so it's building off of when, uh, of the scene that Lisa mentioned where he has this like moral dilemma and like he decides to like you know go after yzma instead um yzma pulls another secret lever and like cronk like falls through the ground and like he just disappears and be like presumably he's like with the alligators but then like as like the <laughs> the series of events at the finale like the grand finale are sort of all like you know coming to a head it seems like yzma's gonna get like the the like the human vial and turn herself back into a human and kusko will be stuck like a llama forever uh, and uh and like she holds it in like the the vial in her hand victorious and she just like does leave a little cackle and then she goes i win and then all of a sudden this, like this door just swings open and just crushes her and like it's Kronk who's just poking his head out in like the middle of the statue going huh what are the odds that trap door would lead me here like so good just circumvents the entire like the like the oh my god how are they ever going to get out of this situation it's just Kronk opens this hatch and just crushes Yzma what are the odds that trap door would lead me out here <laughs> And that's oh. what's so funny about the movie, oh. too. Those lines that where they point out the obvious, yes, like not flaws because they're done on purpose, yeah, yeah disparities. Yeah. So then yeah. you can't critique it because it's very mm -hmm. self aware. Like he yeah. is, he's by saying that is commenting on the fact that he is a Deus Ex Machina, and that's <laughs> yeah. that's it. <laughs> what are the odds this would happen again? Oh my god. All right, Lisa, do you have do you have another one, Lisa? Oh, I do, I could keep going. I know forever, you both, but yeah, I've got another We got one. a time cap it for your listeners do, at some point. One of my favorites, because it'll make me laugh every time, is in that sequence where um Cusco and Pacha are doing the biles. He's like, We're not gonna get a review picking the biles, I'm picking the next one. And then he picks it and he's a whale. He's like, Don't you say a word. But anyways, <laughs> they land in the and then uh Pacha gives him another vial. And at this point he's been a turtle, he's been a bird, now he's a whale. And Crusco drinks it and then looks at himself and goes, Yay, I'm a llama again. Wait. Every time I lose it, I just, he's so happy. And then and he has to realize. Wait. He's so used to being a llama. Uh, oh, okay. Does anyone have one more line that they want to say to finish the episode off? Oh, I gotta think. <laughs> the only line I can think of that we haven't said yet, which I'm surprised hasn't been oh, said. Oh, which is the is, ultimate one. Yes. Is, yeah. Oh, yes. I love that you already know what I'm gonna yeah. say. It's when Cusco's unconscious in the bag. That, yep. Uh, that was what I was gonna say. That crunk. Okay, so this is obviously the finale. Kevin, you say it because I'm not gonna do it justice the way you guys. Okay. Want, so. so, like, this is just after Kronk is knocked out. Cusco uh, at the dinner and like he's trying to dispose of the body, and uh, and you have a voiceover from Cusco in the back, like it, like describing sort of what's happening as it's going on, and Kronk's uh, going down these stairs and he's doing this like 
essentially his own theme music is like bah, bah, da, da, bah, bah. and like uh Cusco's like oh my god he's doing his own theme music big dumb and tone deaf i'm so glad i was unconscious for this like <laughs> it's just, it's... and the best part is as he's doing that bah, 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 people are about to pass him so his way of is to stop press himself against a wall and go <laughs> and, and they just stare at him as you they, they walk him. by. Yes. They <laughs> walk and back to doing that. Oh my god, so stupid. So stupid. <laughs> but that is so the line. Funny. I actually think that's the line that gets quoted the most. And that one definitely made me laugh in the movie theater when we saw this the first time mm. for sure. Um okay. That and I think that wraps it up. I feel like I we so. did a very yeah. solid yeah. job of having an episode last almost as long as the full length of the movie uh if anyone is curious <laughs> curious about anything that we said you know Yzma turning into a pinata that sentence in and of itself you should really check out this movie uh it's available on disney plus lisa excellent pl- p- uh, pick good job thank good you. choices thank you. Yep. kevin thank you for coming on the podcast Yay! and letting oh, us talk through me. this movie our pleasure you're always welcome mm-hmm. um in the meantime, dear listeners, we'll be back on Friday for a trivia sode. Um, I don't know if it's going to be Lisa picking a movie for her or if it's going to be me picking a movie. We'll talk that through yeah, yeah, and we'll, we'll get back out. to you all. Well, you just show up on Friday. We'll know what's <laughs> up. <laughs> In the meantime, you should follow us on social media. We're at Real Window and you should send us an email if you're interested in a longer communication, real.window at gmail.com. And then lastly, you should uh, give us a little five-star review on whatever platform you listen to us um, mm-hmm. because that will help other listeners who like humor and movies and charming uh, hosts <laughs> to find us. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, have a wonderful rest of your week, everyone. And we'll see you on Friday for a trivia sode led by one of us. 